And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling? Made and angry. Hear that co-host shouting? It's Dander and Jay. Today's episode of Hear That Podcast Ground is brought to you by Visa Network Working for Everyone. Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here working for you on the walkout on a day when the Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens 41-21 to at Paul Brown Stadium. They hang 41 on the Ravens for the second straight time. They beat, they sweep Baltimore and Pittsburgh all by more than two two touchdowns or more dominate those two perennial powers in the division. Joseph Lee Burrow throws for 525 yards, setting a franchise record and fourth most in NFL history thanks to some old school Norm Van Brocklin numbers. Uh I mean, an epic day for Joe Burrow and the passing attack. He throws four touchdowns, no interceptions. T. Higgins, 12 for 194 and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, seven for 125. Joe Mixon, six for 70. Tyler Boyd, three for 85. C.J. Uzama, five for 36. Spreads it all around. I mean, you're just not going to see a more dominant day as the Bengals were unapologetically exploiting a depleted, outmatched Baltimore secondary. And now the Bengals have taken the AFC North by the throat and did it going through the two perennial powers. Not a bad day for the Cincinnati Bengals. When you saw what Baltimore came into this game with, you there was – I don't know if anything you could have told me that would happen would surprise me that they could do offensively, but this surprised me to, to this extent. And it was, it was pretty clear they were trying to send a message. No one would say they were trying to send a message, but – you're still throwing deep balls inside of the two-minute warning with a 20-point lead. You you never take Joe Burr out of the game. Whether it was a a conscious, we'll show you, Wink Martindale, for the Hall of Fame comment, or a more subtle, hey, we're for real and we're here for the long haul. There's a changing of the guard in the division. Whatever it was, there was some intent to what they did today. It's one thing to go out and dominate a team that has a lot of backups in there, but uh, the, the way they did it, the way they never took the foot off the gas, that felt intentional. 
and they were trying to get something across. Well, they did get something across. They told everybody that we're going to win this division, <laughs> and we're going to do it with style and with confidence and with a bit of a brash arrogance, kind of like their quarterback. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, they now um, – We'll get into the details of the division and the playoffs, but as you need to know it, and we're recording this as Kansas City is smacking down Pittsburgh, so we're going to assume an L there. Uh, Cincinnati, 9-6, and six, Baltimore, 8-7, and seven, but that's essentially a two-game lead because they have the tiebreaker on Baltimore by virtue of their two blowouts. Uh, Pittsburgh moves to 7-7-1, seven, seven and one, so you're up a game and a half on them, and then you're up two games on Cleveland, who's 7-8 by virtue of their loss to the Packers on Saturday night, the, the Bengals need to win one game. And even then, if they went 0-2, they'd still be in the mix uh, for wild card, potential for – I mean, who, who knows? Uh, but they need to win one game and it's over. And it's their division and they will have gone worse to first. And they're feeling pretty confident uh, about their ability to do that today, even though this Ravens team was as – beaten up and hamstrung as anybody can be with Josh Johnson of all people out there at quarterback who actually wasn't half bad no. uh, for who for what you were getting there and but they here's the thing it, it's fine to make excuses for that the Bengals have had a lot of teams that people have not made excuses about beating the crap out of and rightfully so but you have to go out and do that. You have to go out and exploit that. And if some team is had, does have massive weaknesses, and this one had them all over because of the injury in their COVID list, you have to exploit it. And I would say 525 yards would be <laughs> quite an exploitation. I mean, 52 on his final completion. Yeah. It was – It again, there was a message sent, but it's still – the body of work is impressive. And, and T. Higgins, a career day, just – I don't know. It was the, the Josh Johnson thing. It was almost like the, the Bengals defense was helping the offense, not by shutting down the Ravens, but by not – they didn't shut him down. Josh Johnson had more than 300 yards. That is the, – the, the fact that it looked like they could possibly hang around kind of allowed Zach and Joe Burrow to, to keep their foot on the gas and, and keep attacking – and, you know, maybe the message goes beyond even this division. Maybe it's a message to Kansas City that they play next week. Anybody that, hey, we're clicking. We've got everything going. We've got all these weapons, and we've finally found a way to use them all in the same game. There's been the Tyler Boyd game. There's been the Jamar Chase game. There's been the T. Higgins game. This was everybody's game. And if that's the kind of offense that you're going to put out there, again, admittedly, against a bunch of backups, it's still – it. it it puts everybody on notice that this team can do something in January. How about this? They have three different players with receptions of at least 50 yards. Higgins a 52, Mixon a 52, Boyd a 68 for a touchdown. And Jamar Chase is not amongst them, and he averaged 18 yards per reception. (laughs) I mean, it was an unbelievable combination of it. I mean, it, it was it was not a fair fight. They, no. they, I mean, Daryl Worley and, and Anthony Averett, you know, was the only guy they kind of had around their cornerback room that had even played in the first game. 
and he goes out immediately. He has a scary injury against CJ, trying to tackle CJ Uzama. And it, it's just, it was not a fair fight, and, and they exploit it. Here's the thing. So this week, uh, Don Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, had choice comments to say he, he was asked about using the same like hard double team defense that he had used the previous week against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams uh, against Jamar Chase, considering what had happened where Chase and Burrow had taken for 201 yards uh, in the first game. And he basically said, no, I'm not going to do that. Rodgers is going to go on the, in the Hall of Fame, and I'm not going to give Joe Burrow – we're not going to go give Joe a gold jacket just yet. Mm-hmm. Now, these things circulate. It's the old – it's the old Michael Jordan, and I took that personally, right? Like, you find something, but some, again, guys like Joe Burrow are built like that. They find something, okay? Well, I had to ask after he's out there scrambling around up 20 with a minute and some change left, throwing go balls to Joe Mixon. If trying to rack up 525 didn't have some Don Wink Martindale written all over it, and here is what Joe Burrow had to say about all that. Joe, did you see the comments this week from Wink Martindale about not giving you a gold jacket just yet? Uh, yeah, I did. Did that mean anything to you at all? Did it resonate with you at all? Um, I didn't think it was a necessary comment. I wouldn't say I was offended by it. I mean, I'm in year two. Who knows what's going to happen down the road, but I didn't think it was a necessary comment. Was it on your mind when you were throwing at the end for 525? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> were you surprised that with the I'm sorry, what? Was that what you were thinking with the Jordan truck when you threw the mix on 52 yarder? Um, no, <laughs> Zach told me not to scramble on that one. And I scrambled and threw a go ball to Joe Mixon. So I, 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 was, I, I knew I wasn't supposed to do it, but you know, we went out there and did it anyway. What's your reaction when he tells you, you know, not to, not to scramble throughout the way? Because you mentioned that he did it multiple times today towards the end of the game. Well, my reaction is to not scramble and throw the ball away, but you know, the opportunity presents itself, and you know, my kind of game instincts just take over. And I was looked to my left, and nobody was open, so I was turning to my right, throw the ball away, and then there was a hole right there, so I went to the hole, and then I saw Joe Mixon down the field, so I threw it to Joe Mixon down the field, and that's that's what happened. I'd like to point out that whole conversation happened while he wore a Santa hat and a Krusty Krab sweatshirt <laughs> and had a smile the whole time. He may have said maybe, but his face said, you better freaking believe it. Yeah. You know, this is this is kind of what we'd always heard about Joe was when he has that confidence and aura. Like he's just unabashedly himself. He is got this thing he's gonna stick it to whoever and say whatever it's it's him in the national championship game pointing to his finger about put a ring on it it's the water bottle meme it's all of these things and you see him out there and he's taking shots doing it you know he says look i mean i'm out here throwing go balls to joe mixon and zach's telling me not to it's clear that took over. He can call it game instinct took over. No, that competitiveness of sticking it in the other guy's face took over. And there's also a history where there was 
problems before with Zach kicking the field goal to avoid a sh- the uh, shutout a couple years ago. And that felt like that was a part of this game too. And, you know, we'll see if this comes back to bite them next year. But this rivalry is on. It, yeah. John Harbaugh and the, Bron- the Baltimore side played it down. They, they weren't taking the bait. But the way they did so across the board made it feel like they were told to play it down. Yeah. But noted by them for sure. And we'll see what that means. But it was certainly a day when they sent a message. Well, and it's one of those cases, too, where if you're going to dish it out, you got to take it. Because remember when they had that streak of 100-yard rushing games and they they went for it late and just to get the record and there was, you know, there was some complaining about that and, and they defended and said, it's you know, we're going to run our stuff and it's your job to stop it. Well, that was kind of their, their message today is the Bengals are going to run their stuff and it's our job to stop it. They can't really complain about the Bengals trying to get Joe Burrow 500 yards or a Bengals record. It was He, he needed 490 for the record. I think that's what they were going for more so than the 500. It just they were so close together. That's the way it happened with a final throw for 52. But yeah, the the Ravens can't it, they they can't complain too much. They it's I I, I kind of joked with Jeff Zrebeck, our our Ravens writer, when we all got back up to the press box. I was like, please tell me Harbaugh said something about being born on third and thinking you hit a triple. And he said, <laughs> no, that is not what happened. They they did. They played it down. They they took their medicine. They had to. That's the only approach they could have taken after this one. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So that sets up, um, you know, the Bengals in, in full control. And, you know, they, they now have... Um, you know, a, a division that they have lock on, but the wild card is open to, I mean, the Chargers get upset by the Texans that has massive wild card ramifications. I think you had chalked that one up, right? To, okay, well, the Chargers are going to get this win. And it's like that muddy middle of the AFC 
it was kind of dumb of us to think it would do anything but continue to get muddier, right? right. And now the Bengals move up to the three seed with New England losing uh, to Buffalo. So you've got that also happening and the potential, okay, are we looking at, is Belichick going to come in here? Is the hoodie going to come in and try and slow down these guys? I mean, if, if they make the playoffs and it all points in the conversation already started about Kansas City. I mean, after the game, eyes on Kansas City. Zach Taylor called it the biggest game they're going to have uh, at the, you know, of the season. And he's kind of been saying that. To me, and we'll talk a lot about this this week, so I don't want to dive too much into Kansas City today. But to me, this is the ultimate of, okay, you established yourself in the division this week. You, you took that over. This is a chance to say, we can win the whole damn thing this year if you can come in here and play with Kansas City. I mean, who is the favorite right now in the AFC? Right. I mean, if you're playing with them and you have them even down to the wire to the point that you can hearken back to that and point to that if you were to see them in a postseason run. That can go a long way to making this team believe. You know, and I asked Burrow about it earlier this week about the first game against Baltimore when he said, if we can win this division, we can win the whole thing. If it was kind of when he started to believe. And he said he, it's when he did start to kind of figure things out. I think if you compete with Kansas City, everybody in that locker room looks around and says, why not us? Why not us? And so it makes for a huge week against uh, against the Chiefs coming up here in you know, more more than just relevant football at Paul Brown Stadium in December and January. Yes. If they beat the Chiefs, then all of a sudden that number one seed, not just the thought that you could win it all, but the, to, to tangibly have that possibility to have the number one seed in the AFC, they, they would be one game behind the Chiefs. I'm, we're assuming the Chiefs are beating the Steelers today because they're already run, routing them. Um, they would be one game behind the Chiefs if they beat them. And the Chiefs go to Denver in Week 18. And if you finish in a tie and you have the head-to-head with them, it's it's not out of the question. I mean, it's a cliche. They always say everything is in, in, still in front of us. It is. This is it, it, the, the big kind of the talking point today was here they are again, two-game win streak, big win against a division rival. How much are they going to be feeling themselves this week? Do, do they come out and they play with the Chiefs or do they come out and do what they did against the Jets and, and what they did against the Browns? And, and they have these two game win streaks and then things kind of go south chargers. So that, that is going to be key because it does feel like if, if they can, if they can beat the chiefs, then it is all options on the table, including Los Angeles, the second Sunday in February. And we'll be talking about Travis Kelsey this week. You know, Mark Andrews puts up 125 yards and a touchdown, and tight ends continue to give this team problems. George Kittle, Andrews, now here comes Kelsey. Um, you know, I think if there's, if you're looking at the negative, I mean, the defense was just poor enough against Josh Johnson to keep you nervous all day and kept the Bengals nervous. I mean, they talked about the end. A big reason why they were continuing to put their foot down on the pedal was. They'd seen this team come back too many times. We have we talk every week. How does Baltimore continue to pull miracles off every single week? And they sort of approached the game that way. They were playing this game like it was close the whole way, and not allowing it to get conservative. And Baltimore get themselves back into it. But the defense also gave up a lot of plays that had you thinking, okay, 
you know, deposit that in the back of the brain because even though this day is about Joe Burrow and it's about these receiving weapons and what they were able to do in the passing game, um, it was also going to be a little bit about, uh, okay, what what is are, – are we – is the concern growing even more now uh, about the defense when you've got Josh Johnson throwing for 304 and a couple of touchdowns? I mean, part of that was they were basically in prevent defense the entire game. They they got out to the lead. They scored on every single possession. They, they had a nice buffer, and they didn't – they didn't let the Ravens run. The Ravens didn't even really try to run. They had 16 rushes. It was sit back, keep everything in front of you, and that's what Josh Johnson did. He kind of picked his way down the field, 304 yards, but he had one pass to Mark Andrews for 28, nothing else over 18. It was kind of a, yeah, we'll give you the yards, but we're we're not going to let you hit us over the top. The, the thing was they, they gave them the underneath stuff over and over again where the, the Ravens did keep – matching touchdown after touchdown and keeping it just interesting enough to where I, I'm sure there was a little bit of uneasiness on the Bengals sideline and in the stands here. But once it got that, that once they got that two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and then it went to 20 or 20 points, it, you knew it was over at that point. T Higgins is unbelievable oh, right now. He's uh, he is unbelievable right now. He catches twelve of thirteen targets, and the one he had that drop for a touchdown where Burrow really buzzed it in there on that was his only incompletion thrown his way. He double mosses two dudes down the sideline and holds on while going to the ground and like having to contain it while it hit the ground under his hands mm-hmm. while two guys were draped on him punching at it. You know, I mean, he talked about that as probably probably the best of his career. Yeah. I have a hard time finding a better one. Uh, and, you know, he said it wasn't even I, – I actually loved it. I was just out there running for love of the game when he talked about <laughs> the play wasn't designed to be at him. He's got two guys on, and the last thing he's thinking is that Burrow's going to give him a shot. And he's like, I'm sprinting hard. I'm just out there running for love of the game. And look up like, oh, damn, here comes the ball. And he just double mosses two dudes for it. And, you know, he's now over 1,000. Chase over 1,000. Mixon. You know, over a thousand. I mean, you're, you're talking all these guys. It's kind of coming to fruition. Exactly what we talked about. I was like, could they really do that? I don't know that Boyd's going to get there. He'll need another Boyd game to make his to make his way there. Um, Boyd almost had the second play of the day that got called away. But was going to give him over give Burrow over 500 on an unbelievable scramble. That was the other side. Um, you know, we talked on the pod this week about Burrow's confidence in his pocket presence and how much. That's his superpower of that has really come out even more these last three or four weeks, and he talked about that, how much difference he's feeling in that. You saw that today because there was a whole lot of pressure that he was spinning out of, scooting up in and through, and running, ran for another first down this week, and you know, and then at the end, running and even taking hits and yep. and all that stuff. The confidence that he clearly has back there maneuvering through is has grown gradually all season, but over the last month has really hockey sticked, if you will, up on the chart because that's just part of what has made him so special out there was he was getting pressured all day. All day he had guys in his face and around him. And he threw for, uh, uh, let me look again, checks notes, 525 (laughs) yards, 37 of 46. He had a perfect pass rating in the first half, 299 yards. 
it's 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 wild and and um, you know it's not something. The first play, right? He takes a shot. The guy doesn't wrap him up. He spins off of it, rolls out. I mean, he. I, I would like to see how many tackles he broke today. Yeah. It might be a quarterback record because he was. He was taking shots, but he wasn't. They weren't taking him to the ground. He, he broke so many tackles, and he did. By the way, he set a Bengals record today. He's the first Bengal in history to be sacked forty-seven times in a season. Andy Dalton had the record at forty-six in two thousand twelve, and he's still out there surviving all that and not surviving, thriving. Like you said, five twenty-five sacked three times today. I mean, I think there was a lot of there was some uneasiness there that he was still in the game that late because the only thing that can happen there is bad. I mean, yeah, he sets the franchise record. I guess that's good, but is it worth it? Was it worth the risk? They felt it was. They 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 had something to prove and they proved it. They did. Um, so Joe Burrow and the Bengals uh, move on. They get the win, and uh, we'll be talking about this game against Kansas City. Uh, all week, you know, I thought Zach Taylor had a good point. Was like, you know what? We've been throwing up our hands about guys in this league for a while. Lamar Jackson, oh, what are you going to do? And he stopped it. And he said, now we got that guy. Yeah. Now they have that guy. We talked all year about get Burrow on the big stage and see what happens. I think we've said it after every single win this season. Probably somebody go back and check us. If you want to go back and re-listen to all the walkouts, I think after every win this year, it's been about get that guy on the big stage and see what happens. Just get him there. Well, if you get him there with those weapons, having the confidence and health that they all have right now, I think there's a whole lot of reason to believe that he can do some of the things that he did at LSU because you know what today looked like? Looked like LSU versus Tennessee Tech at times. <laughs> out there with that, just that boxer's kind of Muhammad Ali in the pockets rolling out a couple of times yeah, with that yeah. confidence and just stand, that's just standing there. I mean, it's uh, that's what they were sold. That's what this team was sold and they bought in on it and he's paying it off big time. Yeah, it was impressive all the way, all the way through and it was not a fair fight. But... It's still the NFL. They still get paid. How many? Nobody thought Cleveland Green Bay was going to be a fair fight, and look how that game. Cleveland went in there and made it a game. They're, they're not going to apologize for this win. It may not have been a fair fight, but it was a knockout, and that goes on the record all the same. All right, uh, Bengals win, and uh, we will be back. We'll have, of course, tomorrow, hop on the live room, uh, noon. Just go into the app, hop in. Hit, uh, if you have questions, you can just you know request to ask questions, and Jay and I will uh, talk you through it and try to bottle your excitement as you guys get ready for the Kansas City game uh, next week for this team. And then we'll be back with our regular podcast on Tuesday. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, and we'll be counting down to a pretty happy New Year and a decent uh, weekend for football in the city of Cincinnati. Yes. Friday, the Bearcats play Alabama. Sunday. The Bengals host the Chiefs in in a, in a big game, so should be fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time and hear that podcast crown. Have a good one, everybody.